Podcast Answer Man, episode number 248. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. You should really head over to learnhowtopodcast.com, by the way. Anyway, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. Hey, my friends, I am delighted to tell you that today I have another full show prepared to answer your questions. I have been working around the clock, feverishly trying to get everything all organized and set up for the podcast mastermind organization that I launched on February 1st. I'm excited to say that officially we are 40 one member strong right out of the gate with our charter members and things could not be better than what they currently are. It it just is out of this world. And um, I'm delighted to say that tomorrow afternoon I'm hopping on a plane and heading to Orlando, Florida for a week and actually for about five days. And Stephanie's coming down for the weekend and then she's flying back and I'm going to have a couple days to kind of just relax and rest in the sun and to kind of think creatively about some uh, more projects that I'm working on, but specifically more organizational stuff into the podcast mastermind and just really looking forward to taking it easy. And so as a result of all the preparation going into launching the podcast mastermind and also with the fact that I'll be, you know, on this kind of business vacation, if you will, for the next five days, um, there's no where are they now interview this week and likely will not be one next week, but I will get back to those. Uh, today, however, I want to start things off with a random plug of the week. This is something that I just love to do just to highlight somebody else out there doing something fun and exciting in the world of podcasting. And today, the random plug of the week goes out to Bill Graff at farmandranchcountry.com. My friends, uh, Bill Graff is a full-time farmer. He is very big into the world of agriculture and has a desire to use podcasting to affect farm and agricultural agriculture policy here in the United States. And he is well under the way for doing just that. He's just recently got interviewed on a television news story and and some other really exciting things that are happening there, some some uh, publicity that's coming his way. And I'm just really delighted to see somebody from the world of agriculture and farming uh, bringing some insight into how our food is produced. And so if you guys have any interest in checking that out, farmandranchcountry.com. And that, my friends, is our random plug of the week. We are going to turn right now to our social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher. Eric, what do you have for us this week? Well, we're going to talk about three cool tips about how you can get more tweets about your content. Now, for those that don't know this, Eric J. Fisher and myself, we used to do a podcast called Social Media Serenity, and we've talked about all sorts of ways that you can uh, use social media to engage your audience. The archives of that show can always be found at socialmediaserenity.com. But today, Eric, I think you found a blog uh, post over at our good friends uh, with Buffer, BufferApp.com, actually blog.bufferapp.com, and uh, tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. All right. Well, we're going to talk about how you can get people, once they're at your site, to basically market for you. They're going to tweet out your content, which will then bring in more people to check out your content. Right. And so, and, and, and we've talked previously uh, about the fact that you can add these bookmark uh, plugins where people at the bottom of the post or maybe the share bar, some of them are off to the left side of your site or maybe Mm -hmm. it'll be at the top of your post. You have all these little icons, click this to share it on Facebook or click this to like it or click this to post on Twitter. So we're assuming that people have considered already doing those things. 
Right. But there's more, you're telling me, that we can do to actually get people. Because here's the deal. We all have hundreds, maybe you know, in the tens, some of us in the hundreds, and some of us within the thousands of people who are consuming our content from our site on a monthly basis. And yet, even though those little share buttons are there, people aren't using them. So what, right. are, so what are we going to do? What we're going to do is we're going to incentivize them and make it bit size as well as make it easy, easier and, and more profitable or uh, potentially higher network quality for them to tweet these things out. All right. So let's go with the very – there are going to be three things that are suggested here in this blog post over at BufferApp.com. Tell us what the first one is. Well, the first one is to give away a freebie. It's All right. A basic thing that people are already doing, but the twist on it is that in order to get the freebie, you need to share out either tweeting or you know doing a Facebook post. And there are a couple different options that you can use services-wise that you can do that. Uh, one is Cloud Flood. Another is Pay with a Tweet. And what it does is it, it kind of makes your content head more towards being viral because once one person tweets it out and says hey i just got such and such free then somebody else sees it and thinks oh maybe that's interesting and they click the link that's in that tweet and that drives them back to the content as well that's exactly right so they give an example here from james clear of passivepanda.com and it basically he says a free he had a, a free collection of 50 different ebooks that he had publicized in one post. Uh, but before you could gain access to this collection of 50 ebooks, you were required to do an action. And basically, the, the tweet, what does the tweet say? Let's see, the tweet. The, the actual blog post said this. The, the post says this, yeah. It says, uh, this button will get you to share this page on Twitter or Facebook. After you've shared it, you'll have immediate access to all 50 ebooks. And there's a button that says share to get. Okay, so the idea here is Okay, if you po- if you share this to either Twitter or Facebook, af- immediately, as soon as you have finished sharing, you have instant access. Now, this isn't brand new. I mean, th- I mean, well, th- this technology has been around for a little while as well. But right. the idea of, of people saying, you know what, <laughs> you want this? Click here to give us some money. Uh, and through our e-junkie e-commerce solution, we'll immediately send you the a- instant access to this ebook. Or the thing is, is, you know, there have been a lot of people who have given away, quote unquote, freebies, but they've said, you know, in exchange for your email address so that we can add you to our mailing list and mail you as much as we want to, um, you know, click the, you know, enter your name and or email address. And as soon as you sign up, you'll be provided a link back to the resource that you can then have. And you know what's funny about those is almost every single time that's just an open page on the web that, that if you knew the URL, you could have got, right. got your email. But um, so this is this is kind of the same thing, only it's doing it with a tweet and it's making it super simple. And honestly, the the cost of engagement is very low because it's not like you're giving them money and it's not like you're giving them your email address where they have free reign to email you as much as they want. All you're doing is choosing one time to share with your social circle uh, a tweet and you get instant access. So I, I think this is pretty cool and I love the fact that it goes out to all of their followers. Um, and I think it, you just have to kind of, you know, be careful, you know, the way that you word it. Because I assume that once they click share to get that uh, the tweet is already formulated. I don't know. I, th- there are two services. What are the two services that they mention? Um, the one is Cloud Flood, and the other is Pay with a Tweet. All right. So I'm wondering if you have the ability to lock in what gets tweeted. So basically, as as the blog content owner, do I get to type in what that tweet will say, linking back to my site? It appears so. I'm looking at Cloud uh, Cloud Flood's app or page, and it shows almost identical tweets coming from multiple people. Gotcha. So I'm assuming that the uh, blog, the content owner crafted that tweet. Right. And so if you're not giving the the reader the ability to tweak the tweet, if you will, I, I mm-hmm. just made that up, uh, then, then basically you want to make sure that you carefully and creatively word that 
in such a way that it doesn't sound sales pitchy. So, mm-hmm. so you don't want to be overly sales uh, oriented. What's what's the second thing we can do? All right, second thing you can do is you can make it easy for people to tweet anything on your page. All right, and there's a service. Is it called Tweet This Quote? Is that what it's called? Yes, or uh, Click to Tweet. Click to Tweet. That's what it yes. is. And what this does is you you go to Click to Tweet, and you enter in what it is that you're going to be putting. Uh, like, it, say you've got an awesome blog post or an awesome headline about a piece of content in a blog post. Like, say, say we were in the show notes of this exact episode of Podcast Answer Man, and one of the headlines of the things you talk about in this episode, you put in click to tweet as a, you know, want to know how to get people to tweet more about your content, for example, for this segment. And then you put the URL for that Podcast Answer Man as your URL. And then it spits that out, and then you can paste that in the show notes or blog post, and then people can easily click to tweet those words, and it will just tweet. It'll it'll open up Twitter. It'll say, you know, hey, check out three ways to improve your, uh, you know, tweeting content example, and then it'll the URL will be, and they can edit this by the way. It will let them tweak it, tweak the tweet, like you said. It will give a link back to this post. Great. And do you get to choose what that link is or does this, I assume this is a plugin. I think it's a plugin. I'm not sure if you get to pick it, but you may be able to um, maybe take that, what they give you, and maybe pretty link it if you'd like. I'm wondering if they'd let you either pretty link it. And the other thing is I was thinking of it for those who are a little bit more geeky. And if you know about the HTML name tag, then you can actually add the URL pound and then the little name tag. And it takes you specifically to that part of the show notes, too. There you go. I would love that. Anyway, You're improving what we've already been given. Exactly. So it's called Click to Tweet. And uh, I think that that is found at clicktotweet.com if you guys want to investigate further. All right. And third and final way that we are... Well, it's not the final way, but a third way that you can uh, uh, get more people to tweet your content. Uh, What is it, sir? You can put pre-made tweets at the end of your blog post. Essentially, if somebody has read to the bottom of your blog post or the bottom of your show notes, they've been very engaged with your content. And that's the perfect time to have them retweet what they just read and share that out. You know, I've seen this done on several blogs, and I've seen it actually on very lengthy posts. I've seen them put pre-made tweets throughout the content so like Mm -hmm. like every three or four paragraphs there would be a tweetable quote if you will and this is just like magazines you know you read a magazine article and and they'll pull a little quote in a little box in the middle that kind of just says "Ooh, here's something valuable if you didn't read this entire page you may have missed this right and so it's it's kind of like that and i love this and it's almost like the embedded tweets that we do on twitter and in fact if you go to podcastanswerman.com and look at episode number 247, 246, 245. The last couple of weeks, ever since uh, uh, Twitter has given us the embedded tweets, I will go in and create a tweet that is my personal tweet, but it could be easily anybody's personal tweet, linking people back to my site. And then what I do is I will, or linking back to that show notes, and then I will go in and embed that tweet at the bottom of my show notes. And I will tell you, Eric, it has been amazing. In fact, Twitter is one of my number one uh, refers to my site these days. In fact, while uh, I allow you to say something in response to that, I am going to pull up my stats and I will tell you exactly what they are. Awesome. And so this is an alternative for WordPress blog users. It's a plugin called Twitter at Anywhere Plus plugin. And what this does is it eliminates the work for somebody to tweet out your content, especially when they get to the end and they want to tweet this out. Um, you can have a pre-made tweet there. They also can um, use it to edit a little bit. They can tweak the tweet, like we said, and they could do that. It also allows for the at mention of usernames to be, or the auto-linkification, I guess is what you'd call it, of at usernames. Um, it, it can do a follow button, so they could follow you right there at the bottom as well as uh, a retweet button. So it's, it, it almost looks like it's got a little bit more functionality than the, the official Twitter embedded tweet, 
So it's really up to you to, to you know try it out and see what you think which one's better. But obviously the point here is you want to put a very big uh, you know call to action at the bottom of your content for people to be able to share that out very easily. Absolutely, and and I love the idea of this. I'm gonna have to check out this. And you said this is a plugin as well, right? Yes. And what's it called? It is Twitter at anywhere plus. All right, and Twitter the, at sign anywhere. What sounds really interesting to me is with the embedded tweet, I either have to publish the blog post first, so I have the URL mm -hmm. to put in my tweet, um, or I have to know what my URL for that particular post is going to be and go ahead and tweet it and then create the post. And so, the, the I, I think the idea with this with this plugin is that you can easily do this and you can you don't have to you actually don't even have to send it out to all your own Twitter followers first. Right. And yeah, I, and you can you can you don't have to tweet a tweet and then embed that tweet on your blog post that you will have already had to have published first. This takes all that out of the workflow as well. Indeed. Eric, I always appreciate all this amazing insight and information you bring into the social media space for us podcasters. And uh, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week, my friend. See you then. Alrighty, so as I told you guys before, um, we have plenty of questions, and today we're going to kick things off with the first question coming from Jason, and what to do about self-promoters. Hey, Cliff, this is Jason at Walking Deadcast. I'm in San Francisco, and I'm calling for the Podcast Answer Man podcast. I have a question for you. Um, so we get a lot of, uh, especially lately, I've gotten a lot of people who want who have emailed me or called or posted on our Facebook page that want to do some kind of promotion. Like they'll post on my Facebook page something about something that's kind of tangentially related to our podcast. But, you know, I can tell that mostly they just want to be promoting themselves. And sometimes I actually think what they post is really cool, and then other times I'm just not that happy with it. Or like somebody will call and want to... Um, do me to play uh, their promo on my podcast. And, um, you know, I want to be able to say yes to some of those, but I don't want to have to say yes to all of them. And I also don't know how to decide or how to uh, let people down nicely without being a jerk about it, you know. So I was wondering if you have any insight in this area. It would be great to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Jason, thank you very much for the question. And this is something that I certainly deal with as well. Um, GSPN.TV as a whole, not just Podcast Answer Man, but if you add up all the shows that I produce, we reach an audience of somewhere between sixty to 80,000 people around the world. And of course, because of the technical nature of a lot of my programming, and especially PodcastAnswerMan.com, uh, you can imagine there are a lot of bloggers a lot of podcasters, and a lot of just overall general brands that are using social media that would love for me to use the platform we have here to promote their stuff. And as you have noted, some people have taken it upon themselves to kind of just go ahead in any kind of environment that I've opened to the public that they will certainly promote themselves away. And I want to say this. First and foremost, I am all for shameless self-promotion. There, there's nothing wrong with self-promoting your brand and, and, and building relationships and stuff like that. And I think you should be able to go around in this world and do that without shame. However, <laughs> there's some of you that should be ashamed. I, just quite simply, you should be able to... There is shameless self-promotion and there is shameful self-promotion. Uh, what what's the difference? And I, I think probably it's different in, a different th uh, decision as far as what it, where the line is for each individual person. But I think shameless self promotion is where you decide to go into an environment where yeah your target audience is hanging out, the people who would be interested in your brand, the people who would be interested in the products and services that maybe you offer, even if those products and services are free, you're still promoting products and services. I, you know, even a podcast, by the way, I consider a podcast to be a product and or service that you offer to the world. And 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 even though it's free, it, it's still a product. So just keep that in mind. 
And so going into another environment where the people who would be the perfect target audience for your podcast, going in and jumping in and say, hey, I have a podcast, and I think because you're a group of people who are interested in this topic, well, I do a podcast about it, boom, hey, just stopping by, and by the way, you would really like my podcast. I think you would. Check it out here. Um, Where is the line between what I consider to be shameful self-promotion and shameless self-promotion is whether or not... Number one, where's your intention? If your intention is only to receive and and there's very little uh, intention on your part to give, I think that's shameful, I, personally. Um, the other thing is, 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 are you willing to engage in that community? Are you willing to develop relationships? Are you willing to get to know people and establish relationships and wait until people are interested in you sharing maybe they'll ask a little bit more about you as a result of coming to know like and trust you from all the valuable stuff you've given with no strings attached without that little you know little footer in your forum post that says you know follow my podcast blah 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 you know are you are you willing to invest in relationships give valuable responses to other people's content are you willing to link them to resources that aren't always affiliate links? Are you willing to to invest in relationships with people in another space and in another environment that is actually somebody else's environment? Uh, you know, if you're on an online public forum or you're on somebody else's fan page, by golly, that's somebody else's brand. That's somebody else's environment that they've created. Are you willing to come in and first and foremost, give, give, give before you even give the opportunity to receive? That, my friends, when you build that kind of relationship and then all of a sudden people come to know you and they come to develop a relationship with you and they start asking questions like, so what do you do? And hey, I didn't know that you did a podcast. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden people are asking you questions and you're answering those questions. And then all of a sudden it's like they are, they're introducing you to other members of the community. It's like, hey, did you know that so-and-so did this? And he's got a podcast and and then all of a sudden those people come and ask you questions and you're you're basically responding to them. That's shameless self-promotion, um, I believe. And then of course there there are times when you can come in and and shamelessly promote yourself relatively new, especially if it's a timely thing. But it, it I think then frequency becomes an issue. You know, it, if you just if, if every single post or even 80% of the posts that you make in an environment leads back to an episode of, the, of a podcast you've re- released or a blog post that you've written or a product you've created, then you know I think 80% of your content linking back to yourself, I think that's a little bit more of the shameful. You know, whereas if it's 50-50, maybe, you know, it, maybe it's 70% giving, 30% linking back, that's a little bit more on the shameless. You know, I, I I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to you, but it really does to it, it means a lot to me. For example, one of the things that I, I have no problem at all is when you call in, like let's just say I'm calling Father Roderick's podcast that that deals with um, you know, technology news and updates and stuff like that every now and then. He's got a segment for technology. If I was to call in and leave him a message, I would want to do something like this. Hey, Father Roderick, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com. And I wanted to call in because last week you were talking about the calendar on your iPhone and the fact that it never, you know, you really like the look and the feel of it, but you prefer using Google Calendar. And and by the way, I, I was, I'm the same way. I love Google Calendar and uh, I, I do love the user interface of the calendar on my iPhone. I'm so excited to tell you that I found a way an easy way to get those two things to sync. In fact, I found another blog post somebody else did, and I'll email you separately with a link to that blog post, and I followed those steps, and it completely solved everything you were talking about, what you were looking for, I was looking for it as well, and I am happy to tell you that my calendar on my iPhone and my Google Calendar completely 100% synced. I can actually add new items, on my iPhone or on my calendar. It doesn't matter. It's all synced and it's all in real time. It is amazing. Hope this helps. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, that right there, for me, that's shameless self-promotion. Here's shameful self-promotion. 
Hey, Father Roderick, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com, you know, the podcast about podcasting where we help you answer, take your shows to the next level. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or if you haven't never le- released your first show. I, I do a podcast where I answer people's questions and various different levels. It's a great show. I think people, if anybody's out there interested in uh, a, a creating a podcast of their own, because obviously they'd love listening to your show, uh, I have a show where I can help them learn how to do that. By the way, the reason why I'm calling today is, and then you insert all the feedback that I gave, and then at the end of the call, well, that's all I had to say. I hope that it helps you out. Uh, once again, this is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I am from podcastanswerman.com. If anybody wants to check it out, by the way, I even have a tutorial, learnhowtopodcast.com for free, blah, blah, blah. That is shameful. <laughs> and and I get both kinds. I get both kinds of feedback. And 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 so, yeah, I, I it, you know, you... You really kind of have to decide what do you allow, what don't you allow, and and that's going to be different for each person, Jason. So you're you even you said you know people are on my fan page. Some of the stuff that it's like really useful stuff, but sometimes it's just like seriously. And so it sounds to me like you've got some people who are giving valuable stuff, and maybe some of those people at the same time are having frequency issues of how much they're they're just there to shamelessly sell or to shamefully self promote themselves. I think an idea, if this becomes an issue, and by the way, this has always been an issue for me. I mean, I can't even tell you the number of people. Uh, I got an email the other day. I got an email the other day. It's like, dear Cliff Ravenscraft, my name is so-and-so, and I represent so-and-so, and because you do this show, this I have somebody who you definitely would want to interview on your podcast. And I'm like, delete, gone. It, you know, I, the it, the number of people who just insist that they must be on my show and that it is a total win for me <laughs> it's like yeah and and they would be willing to do that for you i'm like it's come, seriously it there's so much that needs to happen in the relationship it, it's kind of like just going up to a girl and saying you know hey i'm totally awesome you should go out to dinner with me you know and and you know what maybe some girls like that but um, it, 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 there's so much more to the relationship aspect of this. And I'll be honest, what, what I've had to do is I've had to say no several times. And I make it a policy that I never take an interview. Uh, I, I never accept an interview where the person approaches me and says, I would like to be on your show. Uh, I have a new product. I think your audience would love it. Um, I always, it's like, wow, it sounds to me like you have something that is very valuable that you want to promote and you believe that my audience could bring great value to that. I'd love to talk to you about a sponsorship. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that I, I would immediately respond with. I mean, they're approaching me. And the other thing is, is, is I just make it a policy. I, I only personally, I only interview people that I have, number one, a relationship with, that I understand who they are, what their brand is. And stuff like that. Or number two, I've come to know them and I have fallen in love with what they're doing, whether it be their product or service or something. I just feel like, wow, this is amazing. And even without a relationship, I will reach out with them and say, my audience needs to hear about what you're doing. And so if you hear somebody on Podcast Answer Man, it's it's one of those two reasons. And and so first and foremost, I have a policy. I have a personal policy. And I know what that is, and I am able to communicate that to people and say, listen, here is my policy. Now, personally, right now, this is not a public policy, but it is it is a it is a unwritten rule of how I do things. And when people do invite themselves onto my show or shows, I will send them an, an explanation of how I do things here. One of the things you could do, Especially, Jason, since you're getting a lot of people who are doing this on your public environment known as your fan page, uh, you could kind of explain your heart behind, you know, shame, shameless self-promotion and what you kind of would love to see as the interaction. And maybe maybe guidelines is maybe a, a strong word to use, but some kind of explanation of what you desire the environment of your fan page to be. And then you can create a special page on your fan page. I think that you can create a tab there. If they took that feature away, you can actually create a page on your website. And when you see somebody taking advantage of your environment to just shamefully uh, promoting themselves, 
you can just say, you can just write that person an email or send that person a Facebook message and say, hey, I noticed that you've been doing a lot of posting on the Facebook fan page. I am so happy to have you a member of our community. Just, you know, just wanted to kind of ask if you would be willing to take about, you know, three or four minutes to read the content or the video or the audio or listen to the audio that I put on this particular webpage that explains how I would love for people to use uh, this community and some of the kind of things that I want to avoid. And then all of a sudden you'd provide them with a link where it kind of explains to them. It's like, you know, we're okay with you linking back, but man, if you could really try not to over promote yourself here, that would be great. And and that that way you're you're setting expectations. You're helping to commute the communicate the expectations that you have. And and you're dealing with people personally one on one and and stuff like that. And you can even put a little thing, a little side note on the thing. It's like, you know, click here for community guidelines or click here to know how to best interact with this community. And 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 you can just kind of let it be known how you, what your stance is on that kind of stuff ahead of time. And if people, if if all of a sudden you've gone through the trouble to think how you want to communicate, how you want that environment to be, if you find somebody that consistently violates it, even though you've asked them to kind of you know politely just please you know make sure that you're not going against what our intentions for this environment is. And if that person continues to do it, then the cool thing is is there is the ability to block people and. You know, here's the thing. You're not going to get through life not offending anyone. And if this is so, if, if it becomes so much of an issue, Jason, that it's it's bothering you and, it, and it's one that obviously has gotten you to call in and ask a question about it, then you really need to take seriously, you know, why is that so important to you? And are you willing to create that that expectation for your community so you can communicate the type of environment that you have? And I've certainly had to do that. Even gspncommunity.com used to have a podcast answer man group where people could ask questions. And and I did not like the direction it was heading. And I got rid of it. And I did an entire podcast episode. I think it was episode 483 of... No, it wasn't 43. It was some other episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life. And it was called Difficult Decisions That Many People Will Not Agree With. Oh, that was an accident. Anyway, with that, how about I'll just take that as a cue for me to move on to the next question, which is from JD and something to do with affiliates. Hey, Cliff, this is JD from Christian Music Digest podcast, where we uh, do album reviews and artist interviews at ChristianMusicDigest.com. Got a question for the podcast Answer Man show. Uh, my question is about affiliate relationships with uh, small websites and/or individually run sites that don't have a set. Uh, tracking tool or guidelines like Amazon.com does. Do you have any tips on how to approach these relationships and how one might accurately track the stats so as to ensure that it's a win-win situation for both parties involved? And uh, if you have any experience with this type of a situation, I'd be interested to know and would appreciate any feedback that you can give. Thanks, Cliff. Bye. All righty. Well, thank you very much. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say that uh, affiliate relationships are very cool. In fact, right after I finish answering this question, I, I'm going to say some thank you to those of you who've been using my Bluehost affiliate. Uh, but let me just say this. First and foremost, uh, affiliate relationships, you'll be able to go on to a lot of these big companies like you've you've mentioned here, and you'll be able to see that they all, they advertise that they have an affiliate program that you can sign up and you can promote their service and you'll make a commission. Now, the thing there are a lot of companies out there that are maybe not mom and pop out organizations but they're they're certainly smaller than some of the more well-known affiliates uh, affiliate programs out there and the thing is is they've already no, they've already decided in their marketing that they would be willing to pay a commission to some of their most loyal uh, users who have a lot of wonderful things to say about them and so even though if you look at the footer of their website, which by the way, if you haven't done this on all the programs and services that you use every single day, if you haven't done so already, go to their website, look at the footer, and usually you'll see something down there that you never saw before, and it says affiliate program or affiliates, or just look for the word affiliate anywhere in the footer, and and oftentimes you'll see that they have this. Now, some companies have developed in in in-house their own affiliate program, but they don't advertise it. 
they really want to wait until people who are very serious about their brand confront them and ask them about their affiliate program that then they'll sign you up for it. And so a lot of companies that maybe don't advertise it probably have an affiliate program. So just write the person behind, you know, write their support department, sales team, whatever the case may be, and ask them, do you have an affiliate program? And they'll usually point you in the right per, uh, direction or get you in touch with the right person. Also, I want to say this, that I have very extensive experience with companies that have a very well-organized and well-described in advance how their affiliate program works, what they will and will not do, what they will and will not pay. And I want to suggest to you that if you have an audience that is so far dead center of the target for their target audience, um, and and you feel like you can drive some pretty significant traffic, sometimes you may have to go ahead and sign up and drive some traffic their way and then give them some social proof. But uh, I, I'm not going to give you any details here publicly because I don't think that would be appropriate to my affiliate relationships that I have. But let's just say you can negotiate higher terms or different payouts. For example, instead of them giving you money towards your own online service fees with their company, you can actually have them cut you a check every month. Uh, even though they specifically say in their affiliate agreement that they will not do that. I've, you know, and of course this comes with building a little bit of, you know, we'll call it clout because it was clout before clout.com came along. But when you have some clout with a company, you can negotiate better terms, more payouts and more advantageous types of receiving those payouts. So I just want to have you keep all of that in mind. Now, your question, JD, is what about what do you do with a little mom and pop shop, you know, that that has that makes candles and you have a candle, you know, you have an audience that it just they love candles. Well, you can work with them one on one and say, I would like to generate some traffic to your site and certainly some sales. And uh, what I have done, and I did this with Mardell.com, L-M-A-R-D-E-L.com. You can go to Mardell.com forward slash GSPN. I went with them and they did not have an affiliate program. And uh, we worked out arrangements, worked out all the details. And what I asked them to do if you know, for tracking for their purposes is to give me the ability to give my audience a promo code, promo code GSPN. And uh, we worked out an agreement where they would give 10% off of anything in their shopping cart if they used my promo code. So that would be an incentive for them to use our code. Not That way they wouldn't forget. You know, you, you want to make sure people don't forget to tell people that you sent them there. So, and, and then of course, the cool thing, all the tracking is on their side and they actually provide me reports instead of me providing them reports of how many people I sent their way. And you know what? I allow them to track it and you know, I have no way to sign into an affiliate system and see how many clicks people have, you know, clicked through, how many times the site's been loaded, any of that stuff. Honestly, I don't lose sleep over it and I trust fully that the company Mardell and other various affiliate programs that I have that when somebody who says I came here because of podcast answer man or uh, family from the heart or one of Cliff Ravens. I came here because Cliff Ravenscraft sent me. I just trust fully in my relationship with these affiliate partners that they are going to be honest. And if something came their way, a sale came their way that they've agreed to pay me a commission on, that they'll pay me a commission on. And here's the thing. If you don't believe that that's going to happen based upon your relationship with them, then I will tell you right now, do not enter into an agreement affiliate agreement with them. They're a lousy company. If you can't trust them to pay you when they know that the, the sale came your way and they agreed to pay you, then you don't want to be in business with them. You don't want to be affiliated with that kind of organization. So um, some other things, you know, you, you could, uh, you know, what if they don't have a system where they can enter a promo code? Well, they should. Uh, but if they don't, there's just some other things. You can just say, you know what, a verbal agreement. You know, the, the anybody that comes my way, I'm going to tell them that they heard about me from Cliff Ravenscraft or the Podcast Answer Man. And and so if, I, I just would love it if, you, you know, we can work out a deal that anytime somebody tells you that, 
you know, I get X percentage or X number, you know, a flat fee per, you know, sign up or whatever the case or per sale. And and if, as long as they agree with that, just kind of write up a Word document or a Google document and print it out and have them sign it and send it to you. And you have a little contractual agreement. And I even have some affiliate relationships slash referral relationships. I happen to have one relationship where I refer some work to somebody uh, when I'm not able to get involved in a particular project. And this person says, you know, anytime somebody comes to me, uh, I'll pay you 10% of anything I generate from the first project I work on them with. And you know what? There's no contract between me and this person. Do I send this person business? Yes, I do. Am I happy to send pers- this person business? Yes, I am. And and here's the thing. I don't ask him to give me reports. I don't ask him to do anything. I just trust that, you know, if, if that's the agreement that we've made that, that, you know, a check will eventually show up every now and then provided I send some work his way. And he was able to successfully uh, propose work and, and get it accepted and, and that he does the work. So, you know, and if, if I never see anything ever, will I know that maybe something's up? It's like, how can none of these referrals ever pan out? But, you know, it, it's all about trust sometimes as well. So it's not about, you know, I, I need to be able to see every single click. Although I can see the value in that. And of course, there are some other things you could do, such as create a URL um, on your own site that has some tracking information on it. And then uh, people, you know, you let's say you use Pretty Links, which is a, a plugin that allows you to have, let's say, podcast answer. Or I'll give you a perfect example one. How about gspn.tv forward slash Bluehost? If you go to gspn.tv forward slash Bluehost, that's going to take you to my affiliate link or I could make it to any place on the world. But what happens is every time somebody types in or clicks on gspn.tv forward slash Bluehost, my plugin counts how many times that happens, how many times that's used. And it's a good way for me to know how many people I'm sending that way. You know, mom and pop organizations, smaller businesses, solopreneurs, they're not going to be able to track everything. So if they don't have an affiliate program set up, but you're able to work out an agreement, uh, a lot of it's going to be on the honor system. And like I said, if you can't feel good about the honor system with that person, I would just run the other direction. Hopefully, JD, that has been helpful to you. And now I do want to say thank you. Uh, Each week I've been saying thank you and a little shout out to uh, the domain, the people behind the domains that have been uh, set up using the uh, Bluehost account uh, or hosting uh, using my affiliate sign-up link, which you can find, by the way, you could either go to gspn.tv forward slash Bluehost or you can go to podcastanswerman.com, click on the resources tab up in the navigation menu and uh, my Bluehost link is there. But anyway, check this out. Since last week, in the last seven days, I want to say thank you to smokehousepodcast.com, uh, consultativefirm.com, uh, carlsmelzer.com, yournewva.com, theshortsalepodcast.com, and infiniteloveministries.com. All six of those people signed up in the past seven days using my affiliate code. And my friends, I do get a very generous commission when you sign up using my affiliate link. And so I just want to say a very special thank you to each and every one of you. And if you guys have not yet found a hosting company that you like, uh, then I encourage you to check out gspn.tv forward slash Bluehost. All right, moving along, we're going to turn things over to Jeremy and he wants to know about The Voice. Hey, Cliff, this is Jeremy from the Coffee and Cigarettes podcast at cncshow.com. I'm calling in a question for Podcast Answer Man. I know you've been an advocate for professional audio quality in podcast, but what about the voice of the host? I'm not suggesting podcasters have to sound like radio DJs, but doesn't some of the same principles apply in podcasting as they do in radio? If so, what do you recommend to people to improve the quality of their voice and, more specifically, their broadcasting and speaking techniques? Thanks, Cliff. All right, Jeremy, great question. And, you know, there is a little bit to, to be said for this. 
Um, you know, there there may be one or two people uh, that I, I have talked to in the last couple of years where they've told me they want to create a podcast and I'm just listening to them on the telephone and I'm like, yeah, you want to create a podcast? Oh, goodness gracious. And, and there, I don't, I, you know, I hate to even say that I've ever had those feelings or thoughts, but man, their voice just like, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Am I all for audio quality? Yes, I am. Do I think you have a cha- a greater chance of success with amazing audio quality? Yes, I do. Do I think that if you sound really cool and you're easy on the ears that you'll be easier to listen to? Yes, I do. Do I think that if you have a squeaky voice or you speak a little bit differently than other people that you can't create a podcast that's going to make a positive difference in the lives of other people around the world? Absolutely not. In fact, I, I you know, and, and again, I, I just want to point you back to my random plug of the week from last week. Go to specialchronicles.com and and check out uh, Dan, Daniel Schmukowski. I mean, he's he's got, he, um, I don't know what... Uh, anyway, just go check it out. It's Special Chronicles and and listen to Daniel. He does not talk, you know, as clearly as what you would expect most people would talk and stuff like that. But you know what? He is himself and he gets behind the microphone. And, and I actually want to suggest to you that I believe the world could do with the world of podcasting could actually benefit with a little bit less voice training and professional speaking talk and and all of this other things and you know I, I think that there's a lot to be said about authenticity about relatability you know one of my podcast mastermind uh, members recently just uh, posted a question about how long should it take to to edit a you know a one hour show and he's going in and and, and like many brand new podcasters do, they go in and take out all the ums and the uh and the um lip snack smacks and 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 the times when they actually go in and 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 and, and all of those things that I just did. They take all of that stuff out. But guess what? Podcast dancer man, I don't take all of that stuff out. The thing is though, here's the other thing. There's something about a lot of practice of doing things. Like for example, I can do I can actually Right now, I can actually say whatever it is that comes to my mind as I'm waiting for it to come to my mind without saying, um, in every single silent space. The reason why is because I have been doing this for a long time. Now, if you go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, I'm sure I did a lot of ums in in this in this episode. But ever since I, just a few moments ago, decided I wasn't going to say um in every silent space, I've become more comfortable over time with silence. And I'm okay with that. I can actually sit here right now and leave a silence and not put in an um. I can actually feel confident that I'm going to think about what I'm going to say next. And I'm okay with that. And the other thing that I notice is that, you know, I, after doing many episodes, after doing this for several months, I've learned that I've become more confident in myself and I speak more confidently. And so these are the kind of things that come with practice. They come with doing lots of things. They come with you recording your show, producing your show, and by all means, if you want to, go in and record an hour-long show and spend three or four hours editing out every um. You do that for six weeks and guess what's going to happen? You are going to train yourself how to speak without the ums. It's just going to happen because you're going to be so darn tired of taking them out. The other thing is is that as you get into this, you will feel more comfortable behind the microphone. You will speak more naturally and stuff like that. And and yes, you could potentially go and sign up for some courses or go to a conference for 
voiceover talent and whatever the case may be and all these different things. You can go to Toastmasters and sign up for speaking courses and, and all of that stuff. And I think all of that would be extremely valuable. There's no question that it will improve your game. It will do what we talk about a lot here in Podcast Answer Brand, which is take your show to the next level. But at the same time, here's the thing. I don't want each and every one of you out there to go out and think, I need to sound like the guys that are on the radio station. Because guess what? The reason why podcasting got such a huge burst of interest in the beginning was because it was just genuine, real, authentic people behind microphones. They weren't all professionally trained, and there's there's a lot of appeal to just the authenticity and the natural speaking of just the average Joe behind the microphone. That I kind of like to try to straddle the difference, be, you know, the space between those two extremes. I like to, you know, I like the laid back, casual, unpolished approach. But at the same time, especially with Podcast Answer Man, and this is my business. Um, oh, did you see? Oh, I think that was the first um. <laughs> I think that was the first um. But this is the this is the this podcast is something that is my business. And I do want to sound a bit more professional than some of the other stuff that I do. I just got an email the other day, or not an email, it was actually a public tweet. Somebody says Every time you say "dude" in your podcast, it makes me it, it makes you sound like a a teenager, and it really doesn't do much for the professionalism of your podcast. But you know what, dude? Come on, could you send that to me in a an email instead of publicly pointing out the fact that I sound like an unprofessional teenager to you, dude? Come on, where are you coming from? And you know what, I am still gonna use dude. I am. I, it's one of those things that does you know the phrase dude. Does that actually make me sound professional? No, it doesn't. It does a little bit to take away from the professional edge of what I do. But I'm still going to use dude because it's a little bit more of who I am. And natural, genuine, authentic, real conversation with me without a microphone in front of me. I'm having a conversation with you. I get passionate about something. And dude, I am going to say dude. And so if I'm going to say dude in my real, personal, authentic life, I'm also going to bring dude into the podcast answer, man. So anyway. Jeremy, I don't know if that had anything to do with what you wanted to talk about, but uh, I do think that there are things that we can do to take our show to the next level. But for those who are hearing this question and hearing this response, my suggestion to you is don't go overboard with the voice training and sounding like a professional. Be okay with being yourself. Just that, If you want anything, my number one suggestion about your voice is work on your self-confidence. Become confident with who you are. That is the greatest thing you can do for the voice of your podcast. And now, my friends, we're going to turn over to Jaden. Jaden has this to say. This question is for the podcast answer man. This is the tech prophet Jaden from technothusiast.com, Seattle's premier geek podcast network. On occasion, I find myself traveling with only a laptop, but I'd like to record a podcast. Is it possible to record my audio, audio from a Skype co-host and audio from pod producer all on one Windows laptop? If so, how? Thanks so much for your invaluable information, Cliff. Look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty. I'll tell you what, I, I really wish there was the old days of Cast Blaster. Uh, I remember when I was first starting out in podcasting, I used Cast Blaster all the time and it had this ability to record your audio and your jingles and all that stuff all into one thing. The only thing is I don't think it would have brought in your Skype conversation. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been a Windows person. And this is one of those areas where I'm going to open up the chat room so I can see what people are saying. And I'm going to ask, is Audio Audio Hijack Pro, is that still around? And is that a Windows system? Or is there something like that for Windows? And I'm just going to wait and see if anything pulls up here. Uh, for for the Windows side, side of things. I know that uh, James is saying Pamela is a software that is actually meant for recording Skype conversations, so that will work, but I don't believe Pamela is going to bring in your audio clips from the uh, pod producer when you're playing those back. So 
it doesn't look like I'm getting any responses about Audio Hijack Pro, but basically, if you can imagine, there are software programs out there that will allow you to virtually send audio from certain programs and make sure that they're actually channeled into other programs. And, and I know that this one program used to be called Hi Audio Hijack Pro. I'm not sure if it's still made today or if it even is a Windows program. I think it was and is. Uh, they said that Audio Hijack Pro does work. And so this, this to me, it would be if it's a Windows program. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to pause for a second and just look it up. Okay, after further search, it does appear that uh, Audio Hijack Pro from Rogue Media, Amiga, uh, Amoeba, is actually Mac only. So I just did a quick little Google search here and I found this site called highcriteria.com. Highcriteria.com and they actually have this program called Total Recorder. And it says Total Recorder records everything. An ideal tool for recording streaming audio, mic input or line input from external devices connected to your PC. Video Pro Edition allows you to record video. Uh, the functionality, background recording makes process. Okay, so there you go. Total Recorder from highcriteria.com should help you out. I hope that that helps. And if it does, please uh, let us know in the show notes. And by the way, this is episode number 248. So if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 248, if anybody has any other suggestions here, for Jadon on how he can record audio just using the you know one computer, no additional gear, uh, please let us know in the comments section, podcastanswerman.com forward slash 248. And I tell you what, I think I have room for one more question here. And we're going to go to Tom, who's got a question about Google Voice. Hey, Cliff, my name is Tom Melio. This question is for the podcast Answer Man. Um, Actually, I'm calling. <laughs> the reason I'm calling is because I'm trying to set up my own Google Voice uh, voicemail. I'm just kind of wondering how you set yours up. Um, uh, did you upload a, a a custom greeting? Because I don't see that availability on Google Voice, but your quality sounds very good. So I'm curious how you were able to to achieve that. And I'm also trying to set my Google rules and such, um, you know, to kind of figure that out. So I'm really interested if you could share just your setup about um, using Google Voice for a feedback hotline. Um, that'd be awesome. Thank you very much. My uh, my email is... Catherine. All right, we're not going to play the email there, so uh, let me just stop that. Uh, anyway, Tom, I just want to say real fast that I do not use Google Voice for my voicemail feedback hotline. A lot of podcasters do because it is an excellent free solution. But if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail, again, it's podcastanswerman.com forward slash voicemail. I have a blog post that I did about this years ago and it talks about the Google Voice option and what I use is something called Broad Voice and I talk a little bit about that in my blog post there. I choose to use Broad Voice over Google Voice because Broad Voice does have much higher audio quality in the recorded voicemails that are left than Google Voice, and, and it is a significant difference in my mind. Now, the thing is, is Google Voice does an okay job. There's no question about that, and it's free. So the question about Google Voice, for those who have it, uh, can you upload an audio file to do your voice reading? I sure wish you could, but you can't. So what you have to do is you have to tell it to dial your phone and punch in a little code, and then it's gonna record whatever you tell it, whatever you speak into the phone. And to be honest with you, it's the same thing with Broad Voice. The only thing is, is the reason why my voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067 sounds better than your Google Voice is because, well, the audio quality is better. It just is. They required it. They record everything at a much higher uh, sample rate and bit rate and everything, and it just, it's just better. Uh, and, but it costs month, money each month. I pay $15.42 a month for my voicemail feedback hotline, which I think is a really awesome investment for what I'm doing. And um, yeah, there you go. So podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail. My friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. I hope that this has been enjoyable to you. I am so delighted 
with the way things have turned out for the podcast mastermind. You can find out more information about that at podcastanswerman.com slash mastermind. Uh, the application pro- process is currently closed. I am focusing on building relationships with our 41 amazing charter members. And I cannot wait until you start to hear what some of these people are saying about being a member in the Podcast Mastermind. And in a couple weeks, a couple weeks down the road, I'll be willing to take on 10 new, or no, 15. I'll take on 15 new members in a couple weeks. I'll open up the uh, application window for 10 or 15 new members. And the rate on that's going to be $2.97 per month. And uh, if you are interested in that, you can email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, and I'll put you on a waiting list uh, for the application process. And that's pretty much all that's going on there. It's a lot. It's awesome. Anyway, I've got to go, folks. I am getting ready to head to Orlando, Florida. And I hope that each and every one of you have a wonderful week. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next week. Until then, take your show to the next level.